podcast we are out and about this evening um i'm at the tobacco factory in bristol um on north street bedminster um and the last episode we had a planetary scientist on talking about icy moons um so we he is basically trying to discover if we are alone in the universe or not that is his job um doing research for the open university so uh by a tenuous link <laughs> i uh, i'm joined by Stu mclaughlin who i shared many a year with at the grange school in warmly yeah. um and Stu was in a program called the clone or clone just clone just, yeah. clone, yeah, just clone um with jonathan price um and that is a, a tenuous link from a planetary scientist <laughs> to a clone it's very tenuous fact. <laughs> yeah absolutely but we'll go with it yeah 100 percent. but um we are we are here to watch Stu and howard coggins in living spitz frankenstein and actually looking at uh, the the set which which comes to life, I'm sure, in a few hours' time. Oh, yes, it, it but, does. But uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Living Spit, because Living Spit have been on the podcast before, and we've had the, the full story, so you can find that in the archives. Um, I'll put the episode number in the comments of this podcast. But, uh, Stu, Living Spit, we're, we're here to watch Frankenstein. I think you've done a few shows, a few shows to go. Yes. Here at the Tobacco Factory. How's it going? I've, going. I've seen some very good reviews. Oh, have you? Yes. Oh, good. Well, that's nice. Yeah, it's nice to get some nice reviews. Yeah. Uh, it's going really well. We've been here a week and a half, and we're here for another three shows now. Mm. Then we're going on to a couple of other venues. We're going to... Uh, Sturminster Newton. Do you know where that is? I don't. No, not many people do, but we are massive <laughs> there. It's a little village in Dorset, and we've got a real following there. Do they the... endorse it? They do endorse it. Yes, they do. Um, so we're going there, and then we're going to uh, Falmouth. Right, I know that. For a one-nighter in Falmouth. Absolutely. So a bit of a long way to go for one night, but we, we'll take it. Yeah. Um, and then we're finishing up at the Prince's Hall in Clevedon, which is a, a it's kind of mostly reserved for like Amdram groups mm. and things, but it's a huge big theatre in the middle of Clevedon, which is barely ever used. So uh, it's like right on our doorstep. So Brilliant. yeah, we thought, why not? Why not go there? So we've got three nights there. That's the following Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So um, and that's the end of this tour. So it's quite a short run. Yeah. But we were due to do this show in during the pandemic the first time. So about a year ago, we had planned to do it, and for various reasons, and we had we couldn't put it on because of social distancing and like mm. lockdowns and stuff. So we just thought we'll keep it keep it aside and do it next year. So here we are doing how, it. This how time. how long were you out of action for during the pandemic and how did you feel the time i know you had a child but <laughs> i did yes i did have a child she was uh, she was about a year old during the pandemic right. so um we had our hands full certainly but um yeah we were out of action for a little bit i mean these, as much as anyone was yeah. really six eight months whatever it was mm. and then luckily because we had done some careful financial planning we were able to keep 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 paying ourselves a little bit during yeah. that time brilliant because um, we had several projects planned that you know like everybody they all got yeah. pulled i guess you could write do some writing we did time. do a bit of writing yeah we wrote uh, our christmas show which we finished uh, last christmas which was beauty and the beast mm -hmm. 
And actually, because of various lockdowns and things, we kept doing that up until September this year. So that was, that was a really good thing to write because it, it was our bread and butter this year, yeah. actually. So it was a nice thing to be able to sit down and have that headspace to just write and not yeah. have to perform every night. You've also got um, another Christmas show, haven't you? The Nativity? That's right, yeah. yeah. That's the one we're doing this year, which will be the third time we've ever done the Nativity. We mm -hmm. did it first in 2017 and then again 2018. And we took a break and we're bringing it back this year. So... Uh, yes, yeah, uh, as, as silly as you can imagine, two blokes uh, doing the nativity with playing all the roles, and uh, it's as silly as you can you can imagine it being. Yeah. So the reviews that I've seen for Frankenstein, one of them sort of said they couldn't quite understand how you do so much <laughs> in this in this production. Yeah. Um, the amount of costume changes that you go through personally. Yep. Um, There's a lot. The, of the variety of talent is quite incredible that that you managed to, to bring to this along with with howard obviously yeah um have you got someone backstage helping you or is it literally all you it's all me but <laughs> this is funny because we did this show originally in 2016 with a live band a four-piece band oh, wow. so all the music was live and we had several stage managers so we had like a moment when a tree comes on and there's a lightning bolt comes on the tree and it snaps in half and <laughs> stuff like that so loads and loads of stage managers and i had people backstage to help me dress during that time as well so it was easy you go off stage and someone puts a dress on you and you get back on it's easy so this time round, we didn't have any of that the, the whole point of this version is a completely streamlined version that we can we can do ourselves because because it just didn't have any long-term financial value to mm. to do the big version because we spend so much paying everybody that we, yeah. we don't make any money <laughs> yeah. so we thought let's keep it really small streamlined so we streamlined the script we got rid of the band and so all the music is recorded um, and we don't have anyone backstage so when I go off stage to put something on it's just me getting it on as quick as I possibly can um, yeah and there's a moment of audience participation in act two Ooh, I won't give to too that. much away yeah. um, but uh, when we do a social there's a, they do a night here which is a guaranteed socially distanced night so we can't have we can't do that bit then right. so we've got another way we deal with it which I won't give away right but it's much shorter, so I don't get any time for my quick change on those <laughs> nights. So the other night, I just came on in half a dress with half a wig on, and Howard just burst into I think that just laughter. That will probably contribute towards <laughs> the, uh, the the comedy. It certainly did that night. Yeah. So uh, so it's all me doing everything this that this time. All those changes, and Howard is mostly he plays Victor Frankenstein in this, so it's kind of the main role. Mm. Um, he's on stage for most of the night. He's barely off stage, and uh, he doesn't really have. He's got. He plays a couple of other little parts, but he doesn't have any. Lazy. lazy. He's lazy. Yeah, yeah, lazy. yeah. He's lazy, but he doesn't have any big costume changes. Really, he's got maybe one or two. But it's me rushing around like an idiot trying yeah. to get all this stuff on. So. Is that always the case in all of these productions? Not always. Always actually. the leg man. Or? Not always. There is one we did. We swapped the roles around. Is um, Elizabeth the first Virgin mm. on the Ridiculous, which we're doing again next spring, actually. Um, where I play Elizabeth and Howard runs around getting all the other costumes on. So we thought, you know, we'd ring the changes and give him a chance to to do that role as well. And he does it with aplomb. So, uh, yeah. But it's, it is a different kind of show when you're just on all the time playing one character. Yeah, I bet it is. Quite a, quite a bizarre experience. I'm not used to it with Living Spit. But, no, uh, absolutely not. But, yeah, lots of fun. Um, little joke for you. Do you know why Frankenstein's monster hasn't got any children? Uh, no. Why? It, because his nuts are on his neck. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I'm going to steal that. Thank you. Keep that. I'll credit that. you for that one. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but Stu, obviously, yes. 
massive on TV at the moment. BBC oh, well, The yeah. Outlaws. The Outlaws, of course. Um, yeah. Stephen Merchant's production. It's um, it's been obviously filmed heavily in Bristol, so there's mm-hmm. lots of sights and scenes that everyone will, will recognise. Yep. What I didn't realise was that Stu McLaughlin mm. is actually in Outlaws. <laughs> I am in the Outlaws, uh, very briefly. But yeah, I well, there was it. a scene initially, which I immediately texted you and said, great to see you in the Outlaws, where you point to someone outside. That's right, yeah. And then in the next episode, you're actually the... Have a speaking role. That's right. Speaking to Stephen Merchant. That is right. So yeah. when when was that filmed? First of all, and that was uh... filmed in February this year. Right. Um, it was due to film the previous April, April 2020. Wow. But obviously got put off. Yeah. Uh, just as I was about to go and shoot, they said that it's been pulled. It's been totally scrapped. So we thought, oh no, because that was because normally I I don't do much TV, but whenever mm. I do, I'm normally cut from it. So I'll sit and watch it and go, oh, not not in it. That's lovely. That, that's happened. <laughs> so you don't quite get told. So I don't get you don't get told before it airs, and then you go, oh, they've cut my scene. That's nice. Mm. But with this one, I thought I'm probably not going to get cut because I've played quite an important yeah. role in Stephen Merchant's like storyline. Yeah. So I thought, I might, I might actually still be in this. <laughs> um, so, uh, but then it got all pulled, so I thought, oh, well, there's that gone out the window. Yeah. But then they, my agent got in touch and said, they're going to go again in mm. February. Right. And everyone's being like, rigorously tested all the time, like mm. two tests a day, and yeah. socially distanced on set, masks everywhere. Mm. So I thought, oh, well, I'm not doing anything else, so like, let's, let's do it. And it's the, the same role, and it was quite a nice little role. And they'd done a great job of putting lots of little references to COVID throughout in the intervene, yeah. intervening time, so to make it really current. And I really liked that, because they'd obviously spent the lockdown doing that. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was filmed in February uh, on a very snowy night i remember oh, it's been right. bloody freezing yeah. outside and i had to wear this little skimpy little t-shirt because they didn't have a costume coat for me because i was just like <laughs> a desk sergeant so i was supposed to be behind a desk yeah and then they got that scene outside that you mentioned when i'm mm. pointy um and then yeah we came in and, and did it and uh so where was that yeah. filmed that was filmed uh do you know what i can't actually remember well, I think, yeah. oh i do remember it was in bath actually that one okay yeah it was in bath and it was a police station made to look like a Bristol police station, even though it's in Bath, I think. So the difference between Bristol and Bath police stations, obviously, needs, yeah. needs a bit yes. of investigation. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, I think the site we filmed on was an old school, I think, okay. because they have, we sat waiting to shoot. We were sat in an old classroom, right, like, chatting okay. around, having sandwiches. So, yeah, it must have been an old school. And then we walked out into the kind of police precinct bit, mm. which has all been dressed like a police station. And, yeah, because I remember yeah. seeing some scenes um, from Bank House... Ah, yes. Um, at the top, just past the galleries at the top of the hill there. Right, yeah. And lots of the external scenes of the police station, I think it was, um, were filmed there. But yeah. it's, it's always great to watch these things where they're filmed in Bristol. Absolutely. Because you just... It's, it, what always makes me laugh is that they're sort of running down a, down a road and then it comes out in this completely different I, part I, of town. I was exactly the same thing. <laughs> and I had exactly the same thought. Me and my wife went, that's not College Green. <laughs> They've just run out of the library and now they're in the centre. So, so uh, I feel sorry know. for anyone who's trying to sort of of plan a trip around Bristol, <laughs> yeah. watching things like that. Yeah, you won't you won't be able to do that trip. The trip they do, it's totally separate places. So, how was it working with uh, with Mr. Merchant? It was fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it was really brilliant. He was absolutely fantastic, and he was directing as well. Yeah, so. see, how do you act and di- well, direct yourself? I don't time? know how he does it, but he he, yeah. he came on set and he sort of said, "Oh, you, I want you standing over there, and mm. you do this, and then I'm going to come up here." And then we ran the scene a couple of times, and um, he gave me a bit of direction. Said, "Yeah, I, li- I like that when you're." When you're opening the book, I really like that. And I said, oh, okay, great, I'll do that then. And then <laughs> so we did, we did a couple of little takes and then we turned around on him and 
did him, and then it was sort of it was over. But I, I had actually met Steve Merchant once before, okay. uh, much to my shame. I, I thought this was much, in my younger days. When I was about twenty-six or something. I was in the pit bar just by the Old Vic in London. Okay, I'd just finished a show, I think, at the National or some whatever I was doing, mm. and uh, I saw him there. And I thought, oh. Got a lot in common with that, that guy. I think I'd go and, you know, because I was a fan of The Office. And yeah. the extras. Well, and you're a tall Bristolian. A tall Bristolian. So I thought, you know, I've got a starting point. <laughs> he grew up in Hannam. I grew up in kind of Kingswood Warmley area. Mm. We're going to have loads in common. Also, I used to work with his sister at the Bristol Old Vic. So I thought, I've got okay. so much to talk yeah. to this guy about. Maybe I'll just start a little conversation. So I, I went over there with my drink in hand and I saw him. He was on his own. So I went, all right. Uh, um, all right, Steve, how are you? And he went, yo, all right, mate, yeah. And, uh, Did you put on a Bristolian accent? No, I didn't, because I was still quite Bristolian. Um, I maybe strengthened it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I said, uh, how are you doing? Uh, you're from Hannah, aren't you? And he, he, looked so, he looked aghast at me. Uh, oh, let's pause. Hey, carry on. Make sure. It's still going. He looked sort of aghast at me and was like, oh, God, not this. Not and I said, yeah, I, I sort one. of grew, yeah, exactly. <laughs> As I grew up in Kingswood Warmew, he went, oh, yeah, right, yeah. And um, I said, uh, I thought, well, that's not opened up a conversation. So let's, let's try something else. I said, I used to work with your sister at the Bristol Old Vic, Alex. And he went, oh, yeah, she did some stuff there, yeah. <laughs> and I went, yeah. So, and I, I worked with her. He went, yeah. I've got to go to the toilet, right. actually. Mate. I went, oh, it's, oh right, off, you, off you go then. He went off to the toilet and I was like, oh, my God, I've made such an idiot myself. So I was actually glad of the opportunity to meet him again on a sort of more equal Did he basis. remember that? No, of course not. <laughs> of course he didn't. But I didn't remind him of it. I just yeah. thought it's better that... This isn't actually the first time we've met, Stephen. <laughs> exactly. Um, yes, yeah, so you remember the pit bar in 2007? <laughs> yeah, no, you I... needed the toilet. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah. Was it a one or two? I don't remember. Um, but, uh, yeah, I didn't remind him of that. But it, it was really nice to meet him again and have that memory like mm. erased from my, my mind and go you just meet him on an your equal second chance game. exactly yeah and be in a scene with him and he's brilliant to be in a scene with because he'd chuck stuff in that's not in the script yeah. and, and you just sort of have to roll with it and it was I loved you it you must love that though with I what, do yeah your background I do love that I really do I love that I think you should relaunch Whose Line Is It Anyway <laughs> I'd love that I loved that show that it's was brilliant. a lot of fun I can't believe it hasn't come back with it has, in it has. Uh, is it okay there are a few theatre companies uh, that do that sort of format mm. on stage live on stage one of them I know Instant Wit which is, I used to be a member of and they do a kind of live improvised show where they get suggestions from the audience mm. and stuff and they do some formats they're very good and they play around here quite a lot and I've performed with them a couple of times as has Howard from, from Living Spit as well mm. um and it's, yeah, it's really nice to do that. It's, it's nice to go out on stage not knowing what you're going to do or say and just think, there's no pressure to be funny, but there's no, but I sort of, yeah, you want to make a good impression you, as well. Do you, obviously, you've, you've learnt these shows that you've done inside out mm -hmm. as you've wrote them. <clears throat> yeah. Um, would you ever do like a, a completely unplanned impromptu one? That I, I, I don't. I don't know if I'd do like a living spit show. That's right. like because you want to put your name to it. Well, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, but living spit is it's very. We spend a lot of time writing, and lots of people think that we devise. Uh, which is uh, for non-theatre kind of goers, is where you get in a room all together and you just make up a show together mm, with mm. no script and you sort of form it together. It's a very creative process, but not particularly conducive to a show when you've got a deadline. Yeah, you you okay. go in and, and it's the idea is you just all oh, create something. There's no mm. pressure. You just sort of make it up as you go along, which is lovely. But it's not for us because Howard and I really like jokes, just bog standard, like, like Morecambe and Wise style mm. 
back-and-forth jokes. So we try to write those sorts of jokes, and we spend a lot of time writing it and forming it and, like, crafting it. And then when we go on uh, and do it, lots of people say, did you make that up on the spot? Like, how much do you improvise and come off script? Mm. And the answer is we don't at all. But it's really lovely when people think we do because it's a massive compliment to your performance that they, they think you're just coming up with it on the fly. Yeah. I mean, there's the obvious thing, like, with this show specifically, there's quite a lot of... Um, audience participation in this. There's quite a lot of times where we turn to them. And those sections are a bit looser. So we'll just... that We know what the ending is, we know what the start is, and we'll just play it. So on those occasions, there's a little bit more impro involved. And, and it's different every night, and that's what I love about that. The, the audience is different every night. So mm. you get different responses, different things being shouted out, and you just play it. And then we all... Like, Howard will say a line, and I go, oh, I know he's ending this section now, because there's the line that ends this section. We're back on script. Yeah. So, yeah, I like it when we impro around it, but all the scenes you'll see tonight, because I know you're seeing the show tonight, mm. all the scenes you'll see are completely scripted, even when it looks like we're ad-libbing. It's all written down, and we spend a lot of time oh, that's doing amazing. it. Yeah, it's just, that's how we do it, yeah. I, I find it absolutely fascinating. I've seen, I've seen you think this would be the fourth show. Oh, really? Um, and, yeah, I'm always fascinated by how funny you make something. Also, it's can be really educational as well. Right, yeah. So I, I've, I've watched the, you know, the, the, the Six Wives of... Henry VIII. Henry yeah. VIII, yeah. The, the, the Hitler yes. production. Adolf and Winston. That's the one. Yep. And lots of, lots of really key moments in history there yeah. that, that I probably should know. Right. But I now know because of watching you. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, I learned it all from the Grange, Patch. Well, exactly. No, I, I, I obviously wasn't listening. I didn't. I didn't <laughs> listen at all. You listened a lot better than I did at the Grange. Um, I've learned it all since leaving. Yeah, um, yeah it, I think with those historical stories, like you mentioned Henry VIII, mm. well, Henry VIII's his life is is bookmarked by his wives yeah. and a few things that he did in, during his reign. And those are great things to hang comedy on because you've got, like, Anne Boleyn, then you've got 10 years later, she's, like, beheaded. So you, you can hang those two, the, the stuff on that and then make up the middle bit and nobody knows. And then as long as you get enough few little facts in there, it's really good to base a story on something that, that exists historically because yeah. um, then there's lots of room to have fun I'd be really scared on if there's a story where there's just no information and we have to make it up because I don't <laughs> we're not good with making up kind of story arcs we're really good with mucking about with yeah. things that exist Absolutely. so Adolf and Winston again like there's a lot of there's a lot of parallels between Winston Churchill's life and Adolf, Adolf uh, Hitler's life mm. in terms of how they were brought up and their education and then coming together as these kind of these figures who hate each other ostensibly and they're kind of, you know, butt heads over the war. Um, so we thought that's a lot, that's a nice place to start with. If I, he's Winston Churchill and I'm Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Like, as far as we know, they never met, but what if they did? What would they say to each other, you know? <laughs> so there's a, there's a good opportunity for some comedy there. Like, let's make a scene where they meet each other in heaven yeah. and see what happens. No, so, um, so it's those little things. You just take a little nugget of, of history and... You can just think up stuff around mm. it, really. Excellent. But we like to be sort of education as well, but definitely with an, an emphasis on comedy rather than yeah. education. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. No, it is, it's brilliant. And are you writing something new at the moment? Or? We are not at the moment. We're, yeah. The next new show we're going to do is going to be Spring 2023. That's not a good name for a show. <laughs> it's not, no, it's not. <laughs> we'll, we'll come up with something better. <laughs> um, so, actually, next year is going to be... Uh, yeah, we're doing Elizabeth I in the spring, mm -hmm. and then we are 
possibly reviving Adolf Winston, actually, talking okay. about that one yeah. in the autumn next year. Because you, you, you featured in something, Elizabeth, the Stone Age, didn't That's you? That's right, the Elizabeth, the Golden Age. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. You, the Stone you, Age would have been an interesting... <laughs> Stone Age, I don't know. I'd have been wearing, from. like, a leopard I have, skin. I have had a few beers. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I was in the film of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I played uh, uh, one of the uh, plotters against Elizabeth, mm. and I got my tongue cut out by Eddie Redmayne, and then yeah. shot in the head by Reese fans. It's so grown that's, back. It's grown back. And yeah. The hole has sort of healed up on yeah, my head, no, so. It's... You know, I can't complain. And how, how were how were Reese Ethans and uh, I, I remember him from the uh, Notting Hill in the yes, Bath. Yes, yeah. Uh, amongst right. other things, he's also been in a few Marvel films. Has I think. he? Yeah, right, he's, right. he's a, a baddie in. I think he's in the new Spider-Man Is movie. He? Yes, yeah. I think you're right. I think he plays like the lizard or Coming someone home, like that. Some, uh, That's a homecoming, far from home. Far, from, that home, far from home, something along those yeah. lines. Spider-Man gets lost. Yeah, it's not the same since <laughs> Tobey Maguire. <laughs> not, is it? I remember those Tobey Maguire ones. That's my era of Spider-Man. Mm. Um, yeah, he's played, I think he plays the lizard, Dr. Kurt Connors, there I think go. he plays. You know. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, he was great. And Eyeball nice. Paul in uh, Kevin and Perry Go Large. I, I'd not seen that one. Oh, you've missed out. I've missed, you I'm really sure. I must that. catch that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, he was great, Reese fans. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. Um, kept himself mostly to himself. But yeah. we're talking 2006 now, so yeah. he's, he was probably, you know, he's a lot more famous now than he was then. Yeah, so. true, true. Uh, yeah, and Eddie Redmayne, lovely, very intense. Um, nice fella. Stephen Hawking. That's right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I've worked with him before he was an Oscar winning star, mm. obviously, and then uh, off he went and on his trajectory and I went on mine. So, Brilliant. So yeah, it was, it was nice. But yeah, it was a nice little part. Um, but you've been on the TV recently, obviously in the outdoors, as we said. Yes. Um, is that something you want to continue down that road? Yeah, or? I would like to do more TV. Yep. I feel like you mentioned Clone, which was my um, utter failure of a sitcom from 2008. <laughs> well, I enjoyed it, Stu. You enjoyed it. Thanks for watching, yeah. Pat. You're one of the only people who well, did watch it. Well, but, I, but... Watched it. I didn't have a podcast <laughs> at the time, unfortunately. No, you could have plugged it. Maybe it would have survived. <laughs> who knows? Um, but you mentioned that and, that, and I feel that, because that was my big starring role. That was mm. my big like moment. And you then were it, it the just, it, I was clone. Exactly. Mm. I was the clone. Um, and it was like my big shot chance for that, and it sort of went. So uh, I feel like there's so, sort of unfinished business in the TV world with me. Never too old. Never too old. And I do intend to one day go back to playing those old man parts on mm. TV when I'm really old. Brilliant. You know, they see, you see a lot of old men on telly, yeah. don't you? Like, I was just watching, like, even Harry Potter, and he's like, all those old wizards. Yeah. They've got to need old men for that. I'll be an old man. Absolutely. I'll just be one of those. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I do intend to do some more TV stuff. It was brilliant to do The Outlaws. It was such, mm. I remember feeling such a sense of just freedom and fun of doing did it. You, so. Did you get a sense of pride to the fact that it was sort of showcasing Bristol as well? I did get a massive source of pride from that, yeah. And to hear all these people doing their Bristol accents and then, you know, some really authentic and some not so much. But, mm. but I was thinking, you know, they're trying to do my native accent. <laughs> it, when I left drama school, there was a sense of... of it would be funny if he'd have said to you, can you play this as uh, a Londoner? <laughs> yeah. What? No, I'm not... <laughs> Um, but when, when I was at drama school, there was a sense that you had to try and iron out your regional accent. There was a, there was a real feeling like if you went into an audition with a Bristol, broad Bristol accent, yeah. you'll, you'll be laughed out of the room. You won't get the job. Um, and it, and it's, I'm glad to say that it, it's not the case anymore. It's, regional accents are really, really good. And I'm really glad I didn't iron mine out completely. Mm. I did slightly, because you probably remember from school, I was a lot more Bristolian than I am now. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I'm really glad I kept it, because it's... 
it's part of my identity, and uh, mm. that was great seeing, like, seeing Bristol on the on the telly, yeah, in a prime time thing with loads of famous people. I mean, Christopher Walken's in it. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely, it's crazy that he was filming in Bristol. You almost verged in, into Christopher Walken. It's then. crazy. <laughs> I could, yeah, I did deny I? almost. Um, but yeah, so I'm massively proud of that, and and mm. I think you know Bristol's come a long way since the when we were at school. Yeah, um, painting over a Banksy at the end. Well, well yes, was, uh, yeah. That I haven't have quite painful. got to the end yet. I'm on episode five, I think. So oh, just yeah. So, one so more six was, I think, released yesterday, so I managed to catch that. And just to say, in that, mm. um, friend of the show, Ian Aitchison, plays oh, yeah. a landlord. Does he? In the pub that Christopher Walken goes to, and he'll be coming on the show um, in a few weeks to talk oh, about that. Oh, very nice. So, so yeah. It's, Very good. Uh, That's part he of the serves, serves Christopher Walken with a drink. <laughs> Does he? Who's that? I've just had a visual, well, visual spoiler. The visual spoiler. <laughs> oh, look, here's like um, the other member of Living Spit, Howard Coggins. Here he comes. Hi. How are you is. doing, Howard? I'm good, thank you. We're Do you talking to three make a peeps. Quick cameo on, on three peeps. Yeah, all right. We're. we're uh, I wasn't invited to be on. <laughs> <laughs> you're always welcome, oh. always welcome. Looking very orange this evening. Thanks. Always, always. You're right. Are you looking forward to uh, tonight's production? It's going well, I hear. <laughs> yeah, it's going all right, actually. Yeah, 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 I think. yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. Not much more to say than that. He is really. looking forward to it. I am looking forward to it. Well, the business has picked up. There's a red electric guitar just oh, entered yeah. the scene. Oh yeah. So I'm um, looking forward, looking forward to this. But uh, yeah, it's honestly. So as I say, I've seen you guys a few times. Always amazed by the amount of talent that you've got. So uh, really looking forward to tonight's show. And uh, yeah, it's uh, fantastic. And Stu says that there's plenty more coming up for Living Spit. Oh yeah, we just keep knocking them out, yeah. don't we? Keep pushing them, <laughs> keep smacking them out. Yeah, that's got all the living, haven't you, Patch? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But. Uh, Thanks so much, Stu, for, for joining us um, on the podcast and uh, look forward to tonight's show. You're welcome, it's, and so uh, do I. Absolutely fantastic. But for now, um, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much, and we'll Thank see you again soon. Cheers. Throw